stage 15 and nothing's going to happen. It's far too hot. Oh, hang on. Stuff is happening. Look, Pogacar's almost been dropped. Nah, yeah, fair enough. Nothing's going to happen. Oh, hang on. What have an arts attack? Three guys up the road. So that's quite odd. I wonder what that's going to happen now. Oh, what have an arts been sent back? So nothing's going to happen. Nothing happens, nothing happens. Sunflowers, sunflowers. Amazing avenues of plane trees. France looking very French. Nothing's going to happen. Oh, hang on. What's happened? Stephen Christfike's down. Oh, what's happened? Tish Bernard's down. Yellow jersey's down. Boom, Jumbo Visma falling apart. Hang on. What's happening now? Breakaway's been caught. Two French guys off the front. Benjamin Thomas, Alexis Gouchard. Are they going to hang on? Gouchard's dropped. Thomas in the final kilometre. Here comes the sprint. Grunewagen's still there. Somehow Caleb Ewan and Fabio Jakobsen have been dropped. But they're pushing for the line. And it's three riders. Mas Pedersen, Wavenart. But Jasper Philipson is the winner of the stage, which pretty much sums it up. God, it was hot today, wasn't it? Really hot. <laughs> What Pete, happened? Pete, uh, <laughs> where are we? What are we doing? Right, so... This is amazing. So I can get into my role. So we have the novelty of, one, being in a hotel for two days, two nights, and two... Um, it's not a hotel. It's, a, it's an apartment. Uh, so I am preparing a little bit of a feast for our crew. Well, especially... Our crew. Our crew. Yeah. And um, VIPs. Yeah. So an appetizer of... Um, well, let's be fair, it's going to be simple because there's <laughs> only so much we can do uh, with commentating on the Tour de France and preparing a meal, which is going to be fresh baguette, which David picked up for us on the way yeah. home. Uh, olives. Hummus. Re- regionally sourced olives. Regionally sourced. Yeah, yeah. olives, yeah. Hummus. Um, then we're going to start with uh, caprese hors d'oeuvre. And oh. then we're going to go into a mushroom risotto. Oh, Pete. I know, yeah. Mate. I know. I'm actually quite. Em- uh, anyone else a bit emotional? I, I'm well, super <laughs> emotional. What I you know, what I love about this is when you get the other side of Pete, and I've often seen this professional cyclist who are kind of a little bit, um, how would I put it, kind of lost when they haven't got purpose. Yeah. But Pete took this upon his shoulders yesterday when he walked into here at like 11:30 at night. Yeah. We walked into our different, kind of random apartment holiday rooms. Um, it's not five star. No. I'd probably go. Two and a half star. Three. Three. Uh, <laughs> no, do you need to stay in bed? Yeah. <laughs> yeah oh, well, you know, Lizzie and I. We don't all come from a French <laughs> village. French village, village yeah. You know? yeah. Yeah. And uh, Pete, we've got a message in our little group. And Pete said, why don't we cook tomorrow? Yeah. Can I cook? And, and Pete just went on a mission today, left the race and just disappeared. And during his break today, went out to the supermarket. You literally took this upon your shoulders to, to cook as a meal tonight. No, it's funny how it happens, isn't it? Because the one mm. day I commentate up to 50 kilometers to go. <laughs> you did quite a shit. Here's the day that I offered to go to the shops. I've never been, I mean, talk about stress. Never been, I was throwing all sorts of You were in the flapping when you came back I've in. got like three packets of 500 grams worth of um, <laughs> aboro. Yeah. One and right. a half, You're not going to w- go hungry. One and a half kilograms of rice. But I, I couldn't even, so bear in mind, you know, I have a family this size, which I cook for quite a lot. And I was looking at the rice and I was like, is that enough? One, two, three, five hundred. Oh, I don't know. And I was like, right, just get free. <laughs> but I will bring them back home in my suitcase because Brilliant. I'm not into wasting food at all. So why, did you, why did you choose um, mushroom risotto? Uh, well, because, you know, like we just talked about, last night the idea came into our head. Woke up this morning and I looked at what we had. So it was originally going to be a chickpea curry yeah. or a Thai, Thai green, green curry. curry. I thought that was an ambitious shout. Mm. Sourcing galangal. <laughs> In Fran- in <laughs> and <France>. lemongrass <laughs> and what That's do you the Thai basil leaves yeah, you need to quite green peppercorns would it would have been complicated on a Sunday in Sunday. France any day <laughs> but a Sunday in a small town like Carcassonne where the Tour de France is arriving oh. yeah. not you happening know, you know what I think it was my subconscious shouting out for that's what I wanted at home or that's what I can't wait to go back to. And then you, you soon realise. You have this, Ned. Available. You're craving for home-cooked meals. Completely. Well, this I mean, is where it, we first bonded, Ned. It does get, as ridiculous as this sounds, I think we can all agree it gets kind of tiresome that you're, it, it's almost been being babied because you can only eat out, right? So you can only, you're at the, at the whim of people providing you with food, service providers. So it gets a bit grating that you sit down, you're starving hungry, you're running late, you haven't got much time. You're waiting to catch the waiter's eye or something. Then the menu comes and it's all that. And uh, after a couple of weeks, it's just irritating, isn't it? Mm. So on rare occasions, I think we did it once in 2018, David, where we cooked up a meal in the Alps. Oh, we did, yeah. I remember but that's that. it, pretty much yeah. the only other time we've ever done it. And yeah. it's, it's just fun. It feels like a night at home. And in this case, we're in Pete's house. 
Yeah, we're in Pete's house. Otherwise, and also, it's got a really nice name, Pete's house. It's C19. C19. It's a lovely name for a house. Mm. And also, this is the first time since we left Copenhagen that we've been in the same place for two nights straight. Yeah, imagine So that. this is a great privilege. It How are you nice. feeling about it on your short, brief Lizzie it's experience? Quite actually, isn't it? Uh, well, do you know, I really like this hotel, apartment hotel, because mm. it's really clean, it's really basic, it's in a perfect spot. We could walk to the start, walk back mm-hmm. and finish. Air conditioning works, which is pretty vital at the moment. Um, mm. Although you got a bit scared last night. Yeah, I was a bit scared. What of? <laughs> Just being being alone in the big <laughs> apartment, I don't know. Over- overwhelmed <laughs> by the sheer size of it. So, so this apartment's bigger than yours in, in your French village? or This is probably about the same size as our, our apartment, yeah. Mm. Yeah, that's yeah. Uh, that French village is tough to live in. It's, it's like everyone yeah. has to live in such small For places. For some reason, the rents yeah. are astronomical. Yeah. Yeah. I, I have no right. idea why. It's weird. Yeah. yeah. Uh, back to the race. So, well, no, I haven't quite finished that because after the race, <laughs> we're jumping forward there. Okay. Lizzie and I, she mentioned it's quite close to the finish line, relatively about one and a half kilometers, isn't it? Something like that. Mm-hmm. We walked. back mm. you guys had your bikes with you, Gaz. You but dro- why I did I have to walk? We've not walked. covered that yet. The fact that oh. I. Punctured. Yeah. Did we not cover that? No, we didn't. Pod. That didn't. Did, you, did you listen? Did you listen back to the pod, Lizzie? Have you did ever I listened I? to this podcast, Lizzie? Well, I'm in it. So why would I listen to it? That's oh, a really good man. point. And, uh, hey, Lizzie. <laughs> Lizzie logic. Well, that's <laughs> hashtag another <laughs> another area where we with our vegetarian. Gaza loves that. I might listen next week. Well, like, intro. I'm the same, Lizzie. Yeah. I've never listened back to a podcast that I've been in in my whole life. Really? Mm-hmm. That's not professional. Never. No. You learn from it. Yeah. You learn where you're well, No, but you learn how to probably edit yourself, which is not a good thing, surely. Oh, Do you know, I think that's, that's interesting. I think it's really interesting. That's a, a really good point. I've yeah. never thought of that. Be, I edit myself be, all the be time. Be yourself, fellas. Yeah. Completely. Completely yeah. agree. Um, but we, so, so we, we, walked, <laughs> we walked back to the hotel together and I was carrying all the shopping that you'd done, Pete. It's quite heavy. Um, and we, we stopped by the... Well, we schlugged a bit, to be perfectly honest. Mm, the last of, of the team cars were pulling away. Ineos was still there. Mm. And we bumped into... Why did I embark on this story? We bumped into Steve Cummings. Through reminds we're getting I? so many new listeners all the time what schluging is. Oh, schluging. Well, you did a bit schluging today. I did schluging as well. Schluging is um, this fascination for being in the proximity of professional bike races. Mm. Even though we watch them all day on the screen. When, they, when we go when we get yeah. this, quite thrilling. Yeah. And then I stopped well, on the way back. everyone. Yeah, but I stopped on the way back to talk to my wife. And I was standing there talking to her on the phone. Nicole will be listening to this. And as I was talking to her, I didn't mention to her because I didn't want to look like a schlug. And <laughs> Wout van Aert just rolled by. But rolled by in normal Jumbo Visma kit, so not green. Uh, no hat on, no cap, white trainers. And his hair wasn't done. And there were crowds everywhere. And nobody knew it was Wout van Aert. No way. You yeah. did. And you I did. was like, it's Wout van Aert, it's Wout van Aert, it's Wout van Aert. <laughs> and I couldn't but say, I didn't want to say, I said, babes, babes, Wout van Aert's just ridden by. <laughs> <laughs> I, I had some sense of decency. But I, I, I think I said this in commentary, but not on the podcast, so a lot of people wouldn't hear it. I should have mentioned it yesterday, along with your puncture, which we'll get yeah, to. Yeah. Coming off that descent off Monde, I found myself detached and in the publicity mm. caravan. And one of the vehicles was actually Wout van Aert. He was in a Jumbo Visma van for some reason, a mechanics mm. van, Gaz. I don't know what might have been in it. Swanier's van, and um, he was in the passenger seat, mm. and I slewed him basically. From I started slowed ac- down accidentally riding at exactly the same speed right next to the passenger's mm. window, and occasionally sort of like looking at him, stalked him, stalked him. And um, but I I couldn't ha- help to fail but notice he was programming the sat nav to put the name of the hotel they were heading into. It was like the, the driver had obviously set off, and he'd gone leave this to me. Yeah. That's I got this. I'll, I'll do this. Do you think I'll you slug um, Wout van Aert more because you didn't race against him? Yes. Yeah, it I would be weird if you did mm. and you raced against yeah. him. Yeah, and also, have you noticed yeah. how much Wout van Aert looks and swipes his computer? Well, for example, Michael Woods then, no? then walked by, Mike Woods, mm. and uh, he was eating like a pot noodle or something, just on his own. <laughs> and uh, I see him in Girona, and I didn't... No I thrill. Was, no there thrill. was a, a, a micro thrill. Because it was a pro cyclist, so it was a little bit of schluging. But it had no way near the effect that Wout van Aert just rolling by had. Brilliant. Yeah. So, you know, wow. it's uh, scales. Tell us about the puncture. Oh. <sighs> yeah. So, descending off the um, Yalabert, or whatever it's called, yesterday. Monte. Monte Jalabert. Monte Jalabert. Very steep. Um, 
Pete was escorting me very chivalrously. And he was like, Lizzie, Lizzie, <laughs> watch out for the paint, Slippy. Because <laughs> like, the road was covered in this like yellow brick road, wasn't it? Yeah, it was quite, it was quite it was nice, quite but it was very dangerous. Yeah. You see it on your tyres, like your tyres are completely yeah, yeah. yellow with yeah, seconds and of I, being on it. And he was like, what did you say to me? You were like, I'm starting to bottle it here. No, I'm because it. do you know when you have like a little <laughs> moment <laughs> in a race, yeah. Lizzie and David, mm. and then it gets into your head. Yeah. A bit yips. like Brad Williams the in, the, um, yeah. in the Giro. Yeah. When oh, he, he was. Could he descend, totally yipped out. He crashed and then yeah. all of a sudden he just could not descend within seconds. Train of, crash. Uh, yeah, yeah, of a crash. Yeah. Same, uh, wasn't it exactly the same? So I went you had a moment. And I had a little, well, I thought it was like a little front wheel slip. And I was like, Lizzie, Lizzie, like be careful. Like I, f- I really felt like this. This is where slipping. Pete was in big brother mode. Yeah. yeah. Still in front of me. like. So but yeah. <laughs> no, but yeah, at this point it was fine. It and was I was fine. like, slippy. And then. And then you were like, it's getting on my tires. It's getting on my tires. <laughs> and I was like, oh, I'm so perfectly fine. It. Go into the right hand corner. Yeah, go into this right hand hairpin. And I was like, hmm, I just maybe he's right. I There's a bit s- of a slip in I hear screams. Like. <laughs> I was, I did not scream. <laughs> But basically, <laughs> it was, I was lucky. I had a puncture. Rear wheel. Yeah. Rear wheel. Frightening. Thank goodness. Thank yeah. But yeah. I had yeah. Front wheel would have been terminal. Yeah. I'd been crone. Well, crikey. I had yeah. to yeah. like straight oh, line the corner, moment, but it? it was in the middle of the caravan because we'd illegally oh, <laughs> <God>. <laughs> evacuated. <laughs> yeah. So there was basically this massive truck with, um, you know, like the washing tablet things. Oh, I was going to say, I was hope it was the bottle on wheels. It was the bottle on wheels. It was like yeah. aerial, wasn't it? And oh. I could, you know, peripheral vision out the left-hand side of me. I was like, oh no, I'm going to have to straight line straight in front of this. But then we, we got a bit of crack going, didn't we, with the caravan? Well, and they were laughing away with us. All the way down, because then I took your bike with the real yeah, bike swap. He rode down on a flat. Yeah, so Lizzie hero. was the team leader. Hero, he was you a know, hero, yeah. yeah. I gave him my bike. Sacrifice. I said, yep. he said, you know, you, you, you go on. You, you, were, you're, Nathan, you're the you were Nathan Van Hooydonk. Exactly. She was Jonas Vingegaard. The saddle was slightly too high. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Not set up right. Exactly. And then I, so I proceeded down this He's descent. <laughs> he with wishes. We've got exactly the same saddle. Don't we? Don't know. Um, um, Dan, down this descent with all the the caravan which is quite full of like random rare people you could say who have well, you know stu- don't students maybe on, on summer, had doing a summer job yeah. And, oh, yeah. and they're all like because I was going really slow with like one leg kind of touching the floor constantly just in case I needed to like jump off the bike yeah. and then they all star. kept looking at me yeah and they were like uh, yeah, you know, do you want to get in? Do you want to get in? And like exchanging banter. And one guy was like this now, and, and he looked and he said something in French. I had no idea what it was. Now I was like, so uh, I, was like I was like, you think you're crazy? I'm even more crazy. <laughs> <laughs> it was just like it was really random but funny, wasn't it? Yeah, it was mm. good, but we survived it. I have to goodness. say that when we found that out, I was like, that was the worst case scenario. Yeah, because what Lizzie punctures? seven month gestation for Lizzie. <sighs> Eight now. Eight Getting now. On. Eight months. When you think about all the scenarios that could happen going down, we've never had a puncture, have we? I have. Punched Ned a Greg, oh, I've Greg never. Lamont gave me a lift. Yeah. Cat's yeah. Cat's no big <laughs> deal. <laughs> it was amazing. Kathy had to <laughs> Kathy to accommodate me. Kathy had to sit on his lap. Otherwise, oh. there was no room in the car. Absolutely no. But Greg's such a nice guy. You let your wife amazing. sit on his no, lap. No, no. <laughs> Kathy Lamond. Oh. <laughs> yeah, but you're, you're right. Kathy's my wife. But she wasn't. What was she doing in the car? Hello, Kath. What are you doing here? <laughs> Hang on a second. Yeah. Who's, who's doing all the nursing in South London <laughs> if you're here on La Planche de Belfi traveling around with Eurosport? <laughs> <laughs> on holiday like the rest of us yeah, yeah. <laughs> now Greg Lamont asked Cathy Lamont to sit on his lap so that me I could get in that, that, yeah. can, I, can I ask you how was that one of your most intense schlooging moments of your life I've had two schlooging moments with Greg Lamont really yeah yeah um, but it was pretty, that was pretty magical did you, did you start asking questions no I shut up I was all quiet I was awed. also there was a terrible atmosphere there was a terrible atmosphere in oh, the really? car no. because everybody else in the car didn't want you to be there didn't want me to be there yeah. it was oh, like Greg why have you stopped for that Mm. I hate that. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, why have you done that? It's the Tour de France is what yeah. it's about, isn't it? Yeah. I think so. But also, mm. Greg LeMond is such an interesting character because he is... I say this with not much kind of medical knowledge. I think he's <laughs> on the spectrum. I think he's the most intense, incredible, special human being you'll ever meet. He's lovely. He's fabulous. And his wife, Kathy, has always looked after him always looked after him because you meet him and it's like you've met him for the first time every time uh, all these legends of him and even when I was a young pro in in France in 1990 or oh, amateur 1996 
uh, with Cyril Guimard and Marcel Gaillant, who was his ex-teammate. They'd tell me stories about Greg LeMond and how he would just rip things up when he arrived as this kid from the States in the, uh, I think it was 1979, 1980. And to imagine what the professional sport he learned French and he did it all and he just ripped the sports pieces and you see him now and I've, Is this I've Greg LeMond or David Greg Mil- Lamont. David Mi- not David Milner no no similar story no. yeah. yeah similar story I did that for a bit I wasn't as good as him uh, but and then I've heard from the American pros even the American pros who know him of, they're like you never meet somebody who's as freakishly strong as Greg LeMond he's just this amazing athlete so yeah, so I I would be absolutely in awe to be in a car, Greg LeMond, because Greg LeMond is a phenom. He's a, well, the last great freak. You're sitting yeah. next to me, <laughs> and that's maybe as close as you're ever going to get. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. yeah. Should we talk about the race? Yeah. 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 It was hot. It was wout. Mm. Uh, I mean, wout must out. No, what was the catchphrase you came up with? Out with, uh, out, without. Out, out without. So there, there was the moment at the beginning of the race where it was just all going off and I thought it was going to be a slow race because it's so hot. The peloton kind of decided differently and people were kind of soft attacking at the beginning. But Wout was a reg- um, immediately in there and there was one moment about 5Ks in where the B&B rider just saw him there and just peeled up and shook his head. It's like, you're doing it again? He, yeah. he just shook his head. It was like... There's just no reason to be in the break yeah. when he's there. Well, like, to such a degree that is, he got called back. Like, yeah. yeah his, but I mean, for the other riders yeah. who were potentially looking to get the yeah. stage win and go in a breakaway, and it needed to be a big breakaway in order to stay away. Yeah. I mean, once you see Wout Van Aert up the road, you, you almost... It's game over. Well, What's the point? What's yeah. the point? Did that cost him the stage, Lizzie? Potentially. Nah. Could he match Philipson today in the sprint? I'm not sure. Philipson was so sharp, wasn't he? Um... Only Wout can answer that, can't he? Well, yeah. David, you should have stopped I'd say, <laughs> yeah. I, I, so, there's, well, I think all of us know, and Ned, you know as well from just watching bike races, you don't do a 30-kilometer off the front, three-man breakaway, through and off, and then think you can win the bunch sprint. Mm. Not normal. Wow. Not the just, normal I, one to us. No. But that's what yeah. I mean. So, yes, yeah. it did cost him the stage. Yeah. If he hadn't done I that, agree, he would have won the stage. Yeah. Or, or could it's, have, you know, he would have contested yeah. it, yeah. at least. yeah. But it's but it's Wout. It's I, I honestly can't understand his recovery skills because his re- recovery ability is up there with the best GC races in the world. Yep. And and it's it's a whole different level of freakdom, which I admire and love. <laughs> but even I, that's what I, and I think that shake of the head from the BMB rider. It wasn't disdain. It yeah. wasn't like it was just literally incomprehension. Yeah, like Guillaume Martin yeah. said, we're rate of that day that he ripped yeah. it all up on stage yeah. six or whatever it was. Um, Guillaume Martin said, "We are racing against extraterrestrials. Mm. The rest of us. Yeah. Or, in fact, he meant he should have just what was the wow, port, yeah, just wiped them out and yeah. extraterrestrial. Yeah. Probably another book coming from <laughs> from him soon, isn't yeah. it? Guillaume Martin should be yeah. extraterrestrials yeah. in the Tour de France. <laughs> but <laughs> then it was then, but, so then the three riders away and it's a strong. I group. just want to say, but before we leave White yeah. Van Aert alone, Pete, again, monopoly, your monopoly analogy uh, yeah. cropped up in commentary today because I think <laughs> spontaneously, and it's only just occurred to me, it was." It must have been seeded by your brilliance, because otherwise I wouldn't have come up with it. But I suddenly, I suddenly found myself saying, "What an art!" The get out of jail free card in green. Yeah, you did say that, and that's because <laughs> the monopoly thing is just mm. constantly playing mm. on my mind. It's so clever. But then he went to jail in the sprint. Because did he go to jail? Well, he got second. For most uh, people, that's pretty. I good. think he's <laughs> just passed go and took two hundred quid. And yeah, yeah. I think he just had a bill for rent yeah. arrears. Yeah. yeah, true. You know, was one of them. Did you guys pick up on the lovely moment after the race had finished when his Swanya passed it? Me and Pete were watching, and his Swanya passed him this ice cold bottle of water, and oh, instead of drinking kid, it, he poured it over I, his child. I said it in commentary. Oh, me you and just Pete both looked at each other, and I could tell oh, we were both like, "Oh, yeah. we miss so our children." no, that is amazing, and it's wonderful. But it's also what a parent does, right? So it's kind of normal human. Imagine if he'd done the opposite. Imagine if, you know, he'd just kind of guggle, guzzled yeah. it and kind of, oh, taken the, taken the drink, maybe yeah. off his child and said, I'm thirsty and yeah. I'm now. I'm, but Ned, you I'm spoke big, about I think this. what Lizzie's just saying is that it's, it warmed the heart, didn't it? Because it did, we're yeah. away from our kids. We, so had, like a, we had a wee oh, moment. And yeah, mm. it's just like, oh. Yeah. Mm. yeah. But it's it also, nice. I mean. And you, you don't see it often either. Has no. Events, you know? By the way, has Ola been watching you on the telly? She has, yeah. And Any feedback? She's confused. She's like, why aren't you waving back? 
I made. Oh. Did you say I'll wave at you? Yeah, what an idiot! I did that when my <laughs> kids were little. I went to my. I said I'll be gone for a month, but don't worry, I'll wave at you. Of course, you can't wave. No, at them. you can't t- wave. And they hated me for that. And they've only. Just I tell you what, Lizzie, rest day show tomorrow. It's completely acceptable for you to say, "Can I'm I just coming wave home to all? Orla? Orla, I'm coming home." And, and the, the show the would show. love it, and oh, the viewers gosh. would love it. And honestly, yeah. there is nothing wrong with that in the slightest. Yeah. For you to say, "I'm going, I'm coming home, Orla, I'll oh, see you're you soon." Oh, you make me cry, David. Yeah. yeah. I think there's you nothing do wrong with that. I think it'd be lovely. I think you should do that, and then I think you should say, "And Gary." Can you sing her a nursery rhyme? <laughs> that might not fly, <laughs> but it's a good idea. <laughs> but uh, that, Lizzie, that's totally acceptable. For you okay, to do that. great. Oh yeah. well, I'm glad. Yeah, yeah well, look sorted. out for that later yeah. on the rest. She'll have to stay up for the highlights, and you know, you, you mm. know what I'm like about mm. bedtime. So, oh, mm. Yeah, mm. well, yeah, true. Because in fr- well, no, they're in the UK at the moment, aren't they? Yeah, hey. yeah. there's always ITV horrible to So Ned, yeah, who else? Were, so this is where the race got weird. So though. corporate. It's true. I mean, it's true. It's also true. This is where the race got weird because Walt Van Aert got sent back. Got sent back. Got sent back, and who was left up there, Pete? Um, Niels Pollock with the teeth, according yeah. to Matt Rendell. Which Unbelievable was the best moment. Outro to an advert I've ever seen. Also, the biggest laugh that Lizzie has generated. <laughs> Lizzie's laugh is amazing. It's but when, wonderful. When yeah. Matt Rendell dropped that line and we came to, into a commercial I break, Lizzie that. lost it. Right, so I think to build up to this point, Lizzie, <laughs> it's fair to say there wasn't much to talk about, was there? And we were we scraping were the barrel. And but Matt that was happened, struggling even more. And I was like, and then you just burst into laughter, and I was like, okay, I can laugh now. <laughs> it was what great. did he say? And he as we come into so go on. So yeah, the break happens. You get twenty seconds, ten seconds. You're unbelievable, Ned. You're all, the, yeah, the producer's yeah. The producers doing the countdown. You're unbelievable, Ned. You're always so is, it. so is Matt. So is Matt, but he does it in a very different way. <laughs> he kind of just makes his words longer <laughs> do you think he's, he's, he's got a great technique of expanding a sentence yeah yeah exactly yeah and loft, it is good. like loft insulating foam yeah so the he words. expands his sentences and you sort of yeah. quick speed yours up and get <laughs> the information in sort of thing mm-hmm. so anyway he just expanded as much as he could and then was only left with, with an image <laughs> no no it's before the image came on though lizzie <laughs> that's was what it? was so great about it yeah. and we'll say goodbye to neil's pollard's teeth and then within a split second, he turned to the camera and he just went... He's got fantastic <laughs> teeth. Because with, with Matt's end of his sentence, there was still the countdown, <laughs> two, one. And in the two, one yep. came Niels Pollock, turned to the camera... And smiled. And smiled. And then it was like, boom. I literally, I only know that it's what happened because Kath watching at home on the telly today, <laughs> she never, by the way, this is the Dijkman effect. Kath never watches cycling. Yeah. But... Kath, not Kathy Lamont, my Kath, is such a fan of Lizzie's <laughs> that yeah. I was told this morning to pass on, and I did, the fact that Kath literally said, will you tell Lizzie I love her? Yeah. So, so you are speaking, you have no idea what a kind of like spokesperson you've become mm-hmm. now for an entire yeah. kind of session. That's it now. But, but Put yeah, us Kath, number one in the podcast. Kath, Kath sent, me, Kath sent yeah. me a WhatsApp message saying, Matt, Niels Pollitt has literally just turned to smile at Matt after he complimented <laughs> him on his teeth. So it didn't go unnoticed back at home. It was quite a moment. It was great. Mm. Yeah, it magical, was, it magical was TV. Yeah, yeah. So, so yeah, back to that, David. Niels Pollitt <laughs> and, and I commentated for. It was, it was quick step, quick step, quick step. Uh, I mean, I know. I'm just uh, honorary, 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 honorary. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it was him, yeah. and there wasn't really. But it was. It was. Well, David made the point that you know. Honoré's now just stuck in it. He's got to... He's, he, he's to. You know, it serves a purpose. Quickstep had a rider off the back in, in Merku. They weren't, they weren't riding... They're very important leader, man. They weren't riding on the front. They weren't contributing. Honoré had to ride. He had to just stick it out, didn't he? Yeah. Also, by the way, this stage was where Mark Cavendish last year equaled the Eddie Merckx record. And I was saying commentary, I thought um, Philipson was second place. Mm-hmm. Actually, Philipson with third place. Okay. Who was in second place? Merku, his lead out. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, wow. So, so I, is that with? So good. I didn't want to mention. Oh, I didn't want to mention. Phone just going right. off. Uh, it might be Mark Cavendish. Um, I didn't <laughs> want to mention Cav because you know you, you get you start to you feel get a like lot of love. Oh no, you start to feel like you you you're banging home something that's we already been talk, talk yeah, about. I, on the yeah, yeah, I know but what you mean. Yeah. I, with it, this stage, I feel like it's the appropriate time to actually hammer it home a bit more. Yeah. Because Quickstep are completely lost. Mm-hmm. Jakobsen looks in awful shape. Mercury's probably ill, to be fair to him, because we've never I seen him like that yeah. at all. No, but I mean, the, the whole team looks disjointed. And 
for the final time, I think we should just say that I don't feel like this would have happened with Mark Cavendish here at Tour de France because he, he makes every single person in that team so accountable for their role mm. within the team. There's, there's no getting away from it. We said it in commentary briefly, didn't we? It's so true, though. I agree. But we did, yeah. I yeah. think it's a great shame. I can't imagine what it must feel like to be Matt Cavendish at home now. Mm. I mean, he showed such a phenomenal form in the national championships. And, yeah, you have a feeling that if he'd been here... He would have won his, today. He would have yeah. won today. He would have. 100%. Yeah, yeah, he would have won today. But that's... that's what moving on. C'est yeah. la vie. Yeah, yeah. Moving on. Yeah. C'est la vie. So la we've vie. got those two riders off mm. the front. And this, this is when the, the race sort of went to sleep. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It uh, they, they, they thought, oh my God, there's 120 kilometers to go. Mm-hmm. It's 40 degrees. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's just, I mean. Let's Who just was riding? But it was interesting. They never let it go over three minutes. Not, so, not, they're, yeah. so they're piling the pressure on. Yeah. In the hope of losing Jakobsen and Caleb Ewan later. Yeah. They had to wait for that final climb to yeah. do that. And then they duly yeah. did. But at the middle phase of the race, um, because the front pair just went... <laughs> Like mm. that, they started riding at roughly the same pace as Michael McCoo, yeah. actually. And then the whole thing went, it? Mm. and then we thought about sunflowers, etc., for quite a long time. It was very beautiful. Yeah, it was a very beautiful stage. I mean, Lizzie got to do a castle and did it exceptionally well. Yeah, he did. Car was thrown under the bus there, though, wasn't I? Not really. No. Though. No, we've had days of preparation. We've talked about it a lot. It's not well, like we just sprang it on you. You did. I, w- I was pre- well, that's what I it's was like. Pre- that's, that's the gig. That's the gig. That's the gig. Well, I was preparing Chateau Bruce. Bruce, remember? Yeah, yeah. Shadow Bruce. Yeah. Shadow Bruce. We were certain that was going to pop up. Well, Shadow Bruce never turned up and then it was St. Evangeline or whatever came up yeah. and you just shoved it under my you nose. Got the and the way it. You, got, you just uh, ripped that text around and made it your own. <laughs> Do you think so? Yeah. It Loved sounded completely it. natural. Mm. I think the fact you put so much preparation after last night and learned so much from the Viaduct de Mule mm-hmm. yeah. and then you came in today and you were putting so much energy into... The Chateau de Brice. And but when we then just handed it to you, which is what it's like when you take over my job, you'll just have to be handed it to you and then you've just got to do it and you did it perfectly. Well I was nervous, genuinely nervous about Chateau Bruce. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then you shoved it under my nose, said Etienne or whatever it did. Yeah. And um I just went with it. And doesn't that show that you should just yeah, blag your go way go through instinct. life? Yeah. Don't, go. don't over-prepare and just get nervous. Just go in. Just tap just into your subconscious, the, yeah. all the culture. So that's I tend to do, to be honest, Lizzie. Yeah. Surprise every day. Got, yeah, got away with it so far, haven't we? Yeah. yeah. Um, um, can we, can we take a... Though. Should we take a little segue in? Well, can we do a little gap? Yeah. Let's do the gap. Let's do the gap. One of our best gaps, that. that I, good I gap. thought we absolutely know the gap. We introduce uh, the podcast to Gaz. Gaz? Yeah, Gaz. Gaza. Gaz. Grab the microphone, Gaz. I mean, people, you know, who follow the, follow the podcast have been wondering. We've had a, quite a few Twitter messages about, you know, give Gaz, give Gaz his moment and all that. You're um, a laugh, aren't you? No, not at all. Because really? we've heard you from time to time in the background <laughs> of the podcast. Lizzie's never listened. Pete's never listened to the podcast. Have you listened to the podcast? No. Right, that's only the little clips that you put amazing, on Twitter. Oh, right, yeah. That's the only time I've ever listened to any podcast. Right. And I would be the same as, as these two if yeah. I've never kind of listened to myself in a playback on anything. Yeah, well, you, yeah. Not even this one. You're not going to listen to this no, one. No, because it doesn't sound like me. Can no, you mate. I'm listening that? on head, big headphones <laughs> and it sounds just like you. <laughs> <laughs> no, it doesn't. Your voice sounds I know what you mean. different. I'm, you listen to yourself. I'm going to take over Ned's job a little bit here. Yeah, go for it, please. And just, um, oh, is this one is thing going to be a grilling, is no, it? No, it's not a grilling, guys. <laughs> but one thing that fascinates me, Ned, and David, and this was before Lizzie came on board, was the amount of jobs you've had. It's remarkable, isn't it? Because no, it's just, it blows my mind because you, it doesn't, you don't meet people now that have, come on, well, give us a bit of your history. Get, oh, Pete, I'm about 35 years more on this planet than you, so I'm entitled to have a few more jobs. Yeah, well, well, Matt, Matt Bell. My dad's had one. Go on. Um, I can We were in the car once. We must have been with John Herity when Christian House was asking me the same question. Former British National Road Race champion. Beat yeah. me. I was, third. I, was, I was third that day. And From Austin, Texas. I'm just giving you a bit of context for the cycling audience there. Mm. But yeah, lovely bloke. Anyway, carry And on. Uh, we started counting up and we got to about 21. Jobs. You, you've 21 had. jobs. But you have to remember... In my early years, 
I might be doing two jobs in a day. It's true. So I'd have a day job and a night job, yep. or part-time in the pub and things like that. But yeah, quite varied. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and now I'm working what, for you guys. What was your favourite job, though, of, of all, the, all these 20 um, It's this one, isn't it? Favourite job. This one? Apart from this That's one. That's a tough one. Mm. Harrods, Harrods Engineers. Harrods Engineers. Yeah. Worked with a lot of guys there that um, had seen a lot of action in yeah. World War Two. Basically, they, if you'd been an apprentice at Harrods as an engineer, yeah, and you went to World War Two, if you survived, you were guaranteed your job back. So I worked <laughs> with a lot of guys from that era. Ama- and that is pretty amazing. Actually. And you learned a lot about life. Yeah, you thought you, you thought you were the business, but you couldn't compare it to these guys. Yeah, yeah. I remember a, a story with you guys, because um, we go back a bit from the old British cycling scene, which you've been immersed in, was, uh, remember when you came looking after VIPs for Garmin Slipstream? I remember that. 2009, um, was yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. It was a final time trial of Tour de France, and I was on really, I, I was, 2010, it was when I was having my horror tour. Bordeaux. Yeah, yeah. Bordeaux. I broke yeah, yeah. two broken ribs, which I didn't know about yet, because I, I got it x-rayed after the race, then it happened on stage six, and... I got into, uh, got back to the team bus after the time trial, and I sucked. I mean, obviously. And uh, I walked to the team bus, and you were there, and I just saw you, and I hugged you, and yeah. I started crying. Yeah, I remember that, yeah. Yeah. I was sitting on the bus, yeah. and uh, for whatever reason, I can't remember, and you, you just threw your arms around me, yeah. and I thought, what do I do now? He's crying. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. But, <Yeah. laughs> so I patted him on the back, you'll be all right, son, you know. <laughs> But what I remember about that is looking across the bus and there was um, crazy Kiwi. Julian Dean. Julian Dean. Kiwi guy. Was looking at me. He'd never met me. And he's yeah. looking at me and I kind of, what's going on here? He's <laughs> cuddling <laughs> Dave. <laughs> no one knows Dave. Gaz, I'm listening to you. I mean, I've known you for years, Gaz, but and, um, you're a good mate. I'm just listening to your voice now through these high-fidelity speakers. Actually, just passing the mic back yeah. because um, your voice is amazing, mate, especially like, just talking like that. Can you do a little promo, like little voiceover for us? You could get work, honestly. As do a, a little what? Well, I'll explain in a second. You yeah. could get work as a voiceover artist. Genuinely, like, uh, yeah, uh, when you, well, just talk, <laughs> just talking. So, I want you to say you're listening to Never Stray's Car with Lizzie Dignan, Pete Kenyuk, Ned Bolting, and David Miller. Can you say that? You listeners are listening to Never Stray's Car <laughs> with Lizzie Dignan, Ned Bolting, David Miller, and Peter Kenner. Well, it'd be nice if you pronounced. You know, fifty percent of their names correctly, but <laughs> other than that, that it's beautiful. Get it's beautiful, guys. What? Dignan, 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 Dignan. Yeah, Dignan. Ken Kenyuk. It's what? <laughs> Pass the microphone back, guys. <laughs> <laughs> no, cheers, guys. Thanks, and, uh, guys. Listen, thanks, thanks guys. for everything that you've done. He's done our laundry oh, today. He's, yeah, he's always been my yeah. my wingman Absolutely through great. for yeah. t- nearly twenty years now. Yeah. How's the dinner going, guys? Pete? How's it? Yeah, uh, yeah I'm just. Um, Frying off the yeah. onions and Frying a bit of oil and, gar- uh, and chopped garlic. And I've actually just turned it off. Because yeah, you've had to pause because it's complicated, isn't it? Podcasting well, it's, it's, and cooking. It's not yeah. complicated. It's just that once you put the rice in, mm. you're, on a, you're on a time scale. So yeah. well, I tell you what, do you want to opt out for a little bit and c- crack on with the cooking for five minutes? No, well, I don't stuff think on so. Up? We can wait half an hour after okay, this. Right. Well, I mean, if yeah. you don't want me on the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Should we go back to the race? Yeah, a bit of multitasking, you know? No, but I can do it. Well, take the microphone with you. Once or 20 minutes to go. How long? What time? I are think we on now? that's what I'm kind of saying. All right, we're about twenty oh, minutes. I, yeah, yeah. So Does anyone so else have the microphone with you? Yeah, just in case. Yeah. Right, a little so. bit of picker. <laughs> There's a lot because you dropped me. There's a lot of over talking here. Yeah. What were you saying, Lizzie? What was I saying? I was just suggesting maybe Ned's hungry. We need to. Yeah, that's why I think he's starving and he's just going to compromise the quality of the podcast. By I would never do that. Well, you just did that because everyone just started talking over each other, which is really annoying for listeners. It's okay. I think sometimes it's quite funny. Is it? Okay. Only occasionally, though. Yeah. But you are really hungry. Got a peckish. So the what, what, what happened next in the race? Where were we? So we were where Wildfanarts dropped back, the two up the road. The boring bit. It's the boring bit, sunflowers. Oh, and well now we're at the point where Trek Segafredo, your team, Lizzie, start yeah. riding. Explain. They did. They started riding and um, clearly thought that Mads had it in him to mm. produce some of the stage result. It was a shame. Hold on. Sorry. I... If we're going to do this chronologically, haven't we jumped over 
the entire Yumbo Visma car crash. But that was they, they, were, they were already. Oh, riding. they were already right. Sorry, yeah. we haven't got to the climb yet. No. Okay, fine. Sorry, sorry, I, I misunderstood. Was Trek riding before that? Yes. A little bit. They were contributing. Yeah. yeah. They were contributing. They were one they of were three controlled. teams. Okay, well, they clearly had in their mind that, you know, Mads is probably a better climber than a lot of the sprinters. So Absolutely. Yeah, they put their men to the front. It was good to see. Mm. But then... Yeah, then it all started Ned to go... interjected... Sorry, I, but it was an editorial interjection. It wasn't just rudeness. Mm. Yeah, no. Um, Kreuzweg came down, didn't he? Poor <laughs> yeah. guy. But the, the whole point of Trek, Trek Segafredo riding was they, the stage was hard. Yeah. And Wout van Aert made it harder because of his initial attack and then that shebang going on. And just because, even though that wasn't a threat, a three-man break, there's no reason for a peloton to hold them at under three minutes. Yep. So that means that the teams riding behind wanted to make the race hard yep. in the heat. And I'd said to our director, James, yep. it's going to be a slow day, it's so hot, they'll chill out. It's like, because we had the extreme weather pros call and the action before the start where you can take... Bottles from kilometre zero. The ambulance is going to give you bottles. Neutral service is going to give you bottles. Uh, you can throw bottles to fans. So you can jettison, which you're not allowed to normally. So they, everyone was prepared for just a really hot day. Let's chill out. Wild yep. Van Aert messed it up for everybody. Yep. And then Trek Segafredo saw an opportunity and were like, well, let's just keep the pressure on. Yep. And the point of that being, they could remove Caleb Ewan and Fabio Jakobsen. And it happened. But yeah, it with that stress... The crashes came. So that's the contributory factor. Yeah, that yeah. Suddenly, yeah, yeah. Well, first of all, there was a was there a crash before the Christfight crash? Uh, oh, the duel, right? Oh, the duel crash. I didn't crash. see that. But You're absolutely right. The duel crash. Yeah, that was were, the first little kind of warning shot. Wasn't yeah, it? things are starting to get a bit weird here. Duel. Yeah, Back, uh, nothing you can random, do about it. Random uh, crashes. Antomache once you yeah. Gobert Riders bottle had dropped out of the cage or they yeah. rolled across his. He was down. And Did he get back up? Yeah, yeah. Oh, good. Bit, bit, bit smashed up, like yeah. ble- bleeding quite profusely actually from a little yeah. wound on the left hip, and then moments later, Chrysler's down. Yeah, and this was much more serious. That was a couple of other serious. riders, Martin yeah. Tusfeld from DSM and one or two others, but Chrysler was a big victim. I feel already, so sorry for him. He's I such know. an unlucky rider. He's amazing, and he lost the Giro d'Italia from that random crash from that into snow crash. Snow. Yeah. Oh, he'd have won that race I, otherwise. I, I was at that race. It was he was totally going to win that race. He was going to win but it. But he was he was put under stress. Yeah. He was stressed by Vincenzo mm. Nibali on that occasion, mm. you know, and this, uh, mm. you know, it's but, desperately but, unfortunate. But that wasn't the worst because then so you already Caleb Ewan and Fabio Jakobsen had dropped. So then Trek Segafredo start going harder and harder, which increases the stress. Then going through a little village, come out a roundabout, and Tish Benelt crashes and takes down his leader, who's on his wheel. Yep. Vingegaard. Yep. Oh, I'm, I'm confused. Do we say Vingegaard or Vingegaard? Vingegaard. Vingegaard. Yeah, it's like a, the D is an L. Yeah, this Mikkel taught It's a shame we can't call him Jonas, yeah. but... Call him Jonas. Jonas. For the purpose of this podcast. Yeah, Jonas. Jonas. So Jonas is on his wheel and just comes down and lands on his shoulder and... and Bangs his head, but the shoulder took the majority of the impact. Yeah, uh, you were saying it, big impacts in the head. I think you're right. Yeah. But it's the shoulder took the most. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, Jumbo Visma went from being the most dominant team to only having a 97 riders, two riders with Jonas. Well, don't forget that Primoz Roglic hadn't even started the stage. Yeah. yeah. Um, it was nuts how you just see it deteriorate. This super team, yeah, who were all there, ever-present, all the way through to the beginning of stage 15, all eight of them, as we yeah. were commentating on yesterday, well, now there's only six of them. Yeah. And one of the remaining six was at the back. Yeah. And, and so was Van Hoydonk. So, yeah. And it was Christophe Laporte who played a, a play. And Van Aert, strangely at this point, wasn't the get out of jail. He wasn't no. really kind he of, he was just in a slightly different race. Didn't at that go point. back. He wasn't wasn't back. called back. But I think that was okay because they yeah. ultimately had it under control mm-hmm. didn't they they, they needed somebody to sit on Pogaccia yeah. no? otherwise needed, it was and they needed all someone chaos. to sit on Pogaccia so yeah. yeah and for Pogaccia and this is going back to yesterday's stage what he did at the beginning and whereas before it was them poking his bear he's poking their bear he's putting them under stress yeah and yep. they're getting tired and and those were just I've never shot a gun in my life, but if if you're in war, you do target shots, testing shots, to see where it gets close to things, and that's completely inappropriate with, with what's going on at the at the moment. But roll with it, yeah, <laughs> just roll with it, yeah. Stop and it. but he then has has found his target. The team's a target, and the team today, and they did it themselves with Wout. 
So Wout, the superhero that's getting very close to being my favourite bike racer in the world, Oof. above Mathieu van der Poel, which is a big call. <laughs> uh, so fickle, David. Yeah, I think he created the storm. He created the storm that there was no storm today. Yeah, they, he just really didn't need to do that, did he? Yeah. No. Gaz has just climbed out the window and come back in for some reason from the street. Yeah. And so then all of a sudden, Jonas is racing back on. Tade, we didn't see him today. He's just cruising around the front. Yep. It's rest day tomorrow. Yep. And then your team, Trek Segafredo, start hammering on that final climb, the penultimate climb. Yeah, and put the distance into Jakobsen. Groenewegen did a great ride with his team to get back on. Yeah, in order of the heavier sprinters who went, it was Jakobsen. Yeah. Boom! It was Ewan. Boom! Mm. And, and uh, interestingly, Lotta said, "I had no, no." They didn't send riders back for no. him. Caleb just signed off. Like yeah. he's having a horrible. Gone. He's a ha- yeah. horrible. Yeah. Tour a bit like Vinegar today. While I'm just yeah. preparing this um, starter. Yeah, I panicked and yeah. over because when you you buying for yourself, you know portion sizes, yeah. etc. I was in there. I didn't know what to do. My first time shopping for, you know, and cooking for people. And, yeah, I've overbought on tomatoes and maybe mozzarella. But, but Vinegard, <laughs> again, he, <laughs> he panicked trying to get back. You know, he had his mm. team around him. Yeah. He should have just did stayed panic. cool. And yeah. just, there was, no, there was nothing to worry about in the race. Yeah. Considering the situation. Yeah. Yeah, you've seen that little glimpse of stress yeah because and also for teammates ned yeah i can tell you this that doesn't fill them with confidence when your leader leaves you yeah. even though you've got it under control uh, and okay. your job is to look after mm. it your leader that mm. you're like mm, you know mm. so that's a f- and that's the first time i've seen it really in this race where mm. he had to do it on the previous stage when pogaccia mm. you know caught him out but today there was no need for that lizzie do you think pogaccia is going to the rest day on the front foot yes why because they're sort of even Stephen now, aren't they? Going into yeah. the rest of the week. And um, like we've said from the beginning, Pogacar's just been attacking the race. And Vinegard, even before he took the yellow, has been following. Yeah. Have we seen him attack Pogacar? Pogacar? Vinegard. Yeah, he's tried. Yeah, he did on, um, on Plus de Belfie. Well, the... Yeah, uh, micro moves. Micro yeah. moves. He tried yeah. on the climb to Monde yesterday. Little, like, little, like, yeah. pistol shots. Not, it like, heavy artillery. It feels more like flicking his ear. is the, yeah, yeah. the aggressor. Flicking. Is yeah. he flicking his ear? Is that what's happening? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and so I just, I think it's exciting that yeah. the teams are a bit more evenly matched now. Yeah. It's I mean, you don't so wish that on anyone. But I also but just, how hard this Tour de France is. Very. The riders always say, oh, that's the hardest weekend. And Pete had said, this really is one of the hardest Tour de France I've ever seen. Yeah, and today it was a prime example because... No days off? No days off. Unbelievable. And there's, there's so many different races going on. Well, Green they've got jo- tomorrow off. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they have got tomorrow off. Lizzie, um, with your powers of description that you've now honed, could just talk us through what Pete is about to plate up or is plating up right now. It's an I Love Man Caprese salad. So <laughs> it's got a couple of extra <laughs> ingredients. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, no, it's really pretty as well. It's really nice. Well, it's yeah. I mean, sorry, Lizzie, but we've been, you know, eating, like you said, Ned, at the start of the podcast, eating out every night. And yeah. I thought, yeah, I could do a caprese salad or I could offer up some more nutrients. Yeah. So, and with that, it's quite French, actually, because when you get a caprese salad in France, sometimes it's like, what the hell is this? Because it's not, yeah. you know, just. So I've it's a bed of just random greens good word mm. um and then yeah with with on top of that i've gone for some avocado yep good fats good nutrients um increases serotonin Does apparently it? apparently i don't know how much you have to eat for that to happen uh and then i've gone for the classic uh tomato and mozzarella and actually so i've placed a slice of mozzarella on top of each tomato and then in the middle is going to go burrata Oh, so it's Pete. like triple. If that was an audition for Celebrity MasterChef, you've nailed it. <laughs> you've nailed I'm, it. I'm excited about this meal. I'm really excited. It does excited. just look yeah, nutritious, it doesn't it? Shall colourful. I put the rice in there? I think, yeah, I think you okay. could put the rice in there because we're coming towards the end of the podcast. We haven't got to the end of the stage quite. We're getting there. Yeah, so at this point, <laughs> ever so gone. slowly. And Trek Segafredo were deep in, and Quinn Simmons, amazing. What, how much rice? Yeah, yeah, he, he did. He is. did. Well, do a uh, I don't turn, know. Didn't he? How much rice? So How five much rice? Five people. I reckon it's a pack and a bit. What do you reckon? Yeah, maybe. Pack and a bit. Grams. Pack and a half. 
750 we're going is that might be a crazy amount though no no that's not no, how many not people not. are we're even? five, five adults for god's five sake five adults packing a half yeah. more are you thinking more it is all we're having apart from this amazing salad but mm. if i was doing me and I d- phil, I did two boxes i'd do two boxes i'd yeah. do like 250 grams at least for me and phil I think. Kilo of oh, rice. Kilo of rice. Like dry rice, that's two that's kilos. That's going to swell that's up a lot. That's, that's this one term. Yeah. I'm not sure. If you put a bag That would be enough. I, I think it might be enough. I think it, I think it will because be. Because, Pete, that, that is a relatively that's small That's 100 grams of rice per person. Are we on a diet or what? We'll, listen we'll to, the, we'll listen to the gestating well, woman. six people actually, isn't it? So. Mm. Yeah. 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 That was busy on set today, wasn't it? Me, you, Dan Martin, Gary... It was. You lost your cool a wee bit, didn't mm. you? Did he? But well, he it was, was 40 it. degrees. He forgot, he forgot the name of the yellow jersey wearer. Yeah. But covered <laughs> on, on, it seamlessly. Live. It was so pro. Yeah. Super pro. Well, I don't know about that. Pete just raised his I was shoved so off much. the edge of the set. I was like, well, this is it for me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Dan Martin's arrived. Yeah, Dan Martin <laughs> arrived. And we They've had enough for me. off the side, didn't we? Yeah. I was like, <laughs> all right. No warning. Right, anyway, nothing. I'll get back to the cooking. All right. Yeah. Okay. Um, so back to the race. Uh, so then your team just were ripping, but they were stuck in this conundrum between they have to distance keep uh, Gronewegen, Jakobsen and Caleb Bjorn are gone. Gronewegen with Bike Exchange, Jaco are just chasing on so hardcore, but they're using up their teammates at the front. Yeah. They, were, it, they needed, well, they just needed Julio to have better legs. Mm. Giacone did such a short term. Yeah. He did quite a yeah, short yeah. term. Um, yeah. And Balco wasn't quite himself. It was yeah. it was the Quinn Simmons show. Yeah, Quinn it was. Simmons He's did a ride, yeah. And what I loved, and I, I didn't say this, and I feel bad about this, uh, is Benjamin Thomas reminded me of 1990 professional cyclists who came from the Russian school. Oh, okay. Because you mean the, the Saint Etienne boys? Like the no, like Ekimov. Uh, before that, yeah. Ekimov, yeah, okay. Berzine, yeah, the kind of the old schools. Um, were they? Did they have a track? Konishev. Did they have a track? They education? all came from the track. They, they were all the multiple world champions, Olympic yeah. champions. They were fantastic. Mm. And on the bike, they had this it's aesthetic, su- such elegance. There was so Russian, uh, uh, yeah. probably through being there since when they were nine, well, you've, you've, just being taught it. As excited as you were as to make that yeah. brilliant point, yeah. lovely point. You probably we didn't really explain why we're talking about. Benjamin Thomas. So yeah. at the top of this climb, where yeah. Trek, after Trek had done all this damage, mm. Benjamin Thomas taking a smart oh, move, uh, smart move by Gujar, right? Very smart yeah. move. He realizes, and you analyzed it perfectly straight away. Mm. Benjamin Thomas is going to take the points just to yeah. just to defend the yeah. the, the the points of um, Simon Geschke, his teammate. But then he developed it into mm. a move, mm-hmm. and that's why Gujar was quite smart there because he went smart. he went he went right that this that looks like it might stick. A yeah. little bit. So those two clipped off the front and yeah. they stayed out a long time. And you're right, Benjamin Toma, one of my new favourite riders. That beautiful. was beautiful. Um, I mean, know. I've not seen a rider. We were um, all rooting for oh, him, weren't we? Yeah. Did you, so did you think he looked beautiful on the bike? I did, yeah. 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 And, and well, uh, he looked very much like a track rider. It was yeah. a track. He was just doing track. Old school didn't track. Do, didn't do it for people. But I, I just took it out of the, the fact that's so much discipline to hold that position. And, just and even that. when he was right on the ragged yeah. edge, it didn't, didn't move. No, he it didn't, didn't move. He almost got just, more air. Yeah, 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 just kept Useful tucking in. Just kept tucking in, and it was so Russian. Yeah, so you, I Russian. I think he would have got it if Ineos didn't come to the front. Yeah, yeah. that was so doing? random. Yeah, he yeah. would. He lost by Pete's, 300 metres. Pete hasn't got a microphone because he's busy dishing Yeah, up Pete's it. disagreeing with me. Yeah, but he is but disagreeing. He is disagreeing. No, he was never going to win. <laughs> never. <laughs> Are you eating the ingredients as you go there? He was never going to win. Ever. Ever. No, not today, no. He might be. Yeah. And he did look like a trap. We said that, didn't we? Why? Why wasn't he ever going to win? Ineos came to the front when everyone had chilled out a little bit on the descent. He was was caught with... Yeah, he was never going to win. Anyway, I'm getting back to cooking. Well... Okay. All right. Um, if the sound levels went a bit mad there, it's because um, I was laughing so much I dropped the entire mixing desk uh, temporarily and thought I'd ruined the entire podcast. But um, we're working our way towards an end. I think we should wrap this up fairly soon. So, um, so those two get off the front, and then it's the chase is still a bit kind of yeah because Trek had burned through. Oh, the David, you're very quiet. Um, let me just figure out why. Keep talking. Yeah, there, uh, there we are. Through, and all the team riders, all the teams that were left, the sprinters' teams, they they'd run out of teammates. Groenewegen only had uh, Mezgech left. You had, uh, uh, yep. 
with Trek Segafredo, they only had the limit resources. Stoyven, who I mistook for Quinn Simmons, because I so expect him to be there all the time now. Yeah. But uh, otherwise... de Koenig yeah. only had three riders there. Yeah. Edward Plankett mm. was one of them. Mm. He did a tiny, 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 teeny, tiny turn on the front, mm. mixing it with the Ineos, Ineos Grenadiers, yeah. and then he was off. But they were a team, having done a bit of the work early on, who just mm. lurked around and hoped yeah. that things would work out for them. Can, I, can I defend Ineos Grenadiers briefly now? Because I think what they did was brilliant because I think they're riding a really subtle race. Yeah. And it's obvious the race was under stress. And their leader is Garrett Thomas. And they were looking after him. Everyone's tired. There's crashes happening. Jumbo Visma is losing riders through stupid crashes. Uh, it's chaos up there. But you need to explain, I think, for, for the uninitiated, and actually in this case I probably put myself into that category slightly mm. why does going hell for leather protect a rider because they don't need to they don't care about the stage wins so that, and this is where the negative they're racing negatively because they're, they're killing the breakaways chance but when a GC team of their power decides to position a leader it destroys the stage but let's kind of put my hand in the air again yeah. sir teacher <laughs> yeah but if they'd not done that because there was a point at which it was almost like it was almost like the beginning of a of stage where they go, all right, we're happy with the break. Mm. If they persisted with that tactic and just blocked the road and then got, right, you, those two French guys can have the stage. That's, it's the, that's sa- the it's ultimate safe move, isn't it? It's safer when it's faster in that situation on a descent. Yeah. You're safer when you've got less people around you, less people braking. So it's the descent that dictated yeah, that tactic. Exactly. Okay. But I still think yeah. they could have gone a little bit like, less you know, fast. <laughs> a little bit less fast <laughs> and t- let that poor Frenchman win. Yeah. That's because you love Benjamin Thomas. Because yeah. he's a new favourite yeah. rider. Is yeah. it Benjamin or Benjamin? Benjamin Thomas. Yeah, Benjamin. But he's had a fantastic year this yeah. year. You know, he's a multiple world champion on the track, an Omnium and Madison winner with uh, Morgan Knieski back in the day who used to ride for Rally, didn't he? Gaz, you're looking at me like that. Yeah, and track rider as well on the six day scene. And this year on the road, he's really focused on the road this year. And he's won the Etoile de Bessege and the Boucle de la Mayenne, yeah. both of which early are, you know, really, really notable early season races in the French scene. So yeah. he's had a really good year. So this didn't come from nowhere, this, no. this ride. I'd have to say as well, the Etoile de Bessege, that's like a really hard race. So here's the thing. That was a baptism of fire for far me. Too, far too niche and complicated to get into in the heat of commentary but the, one of the, the definitive moments that nullified his chances of victory today were when Christophe Laporte did a turn on the front huge turn massive took five seconds Suicide almost instantly turn. right and it occurred to me at that precise point that Christophe Laporte's biggest victories prior to his game-changing move to Yomba Visma were at the Etoile de Bessege. Yeah. And that just shows you the way we've seen Laporte's career develop mm. that you don't win that race unless you are no. a proper Bike rider, hitter. And I got fourth in the GC there once, and I was super happy with that. So you're like a quarter as good as Christophe yeah. Laporte. David Le- I think David Lefebvre won. I remember it was like yeah. one of my first um, professional races ever. And because I came from a track background, Michael Barry, who yeah. was riding for Sky at the time, was like, oh yeah, you'll do the sprints, won't you? Because at that point in your career, you're always looking for someone to take the pressure off you, aren't you? As an yeah. older rider, like, yeah. oh, this guy will do the sprint, so we don't have to do anything, basically. So <laughs> like, don't worry, I'll drop you off with a K to go. And I was like... In the last 5K, and I was like thinking, this is mental. Yeah. Like, I, I, I don't want to be here. It was That's that crazy. That's so amusing because uh, Rob Hales, uh, who came, was a teammate of mine in Cofferty's, and uh, when we were talking yesterday about I had a, a mechanic and a swanier, I was also allowed a rider. No way. Yeah, so I got Rob Hales on the team, and we were teammates. What a diva. I know. And we got to a Tour de Passage, and... He, we finished the first stage and he was like, what the hell is this? Because <laughs> it was just like... I bet that was, was the exact language yeah. he used as well. Yeah, what the <laughs> hell is this? Because he said, nobody crashes. I remember that. He was like, we were just getting bashed everywhere. It's You couldn't go up there. Yeah, and it was just smashing everyone. And we got to the, the camping camper van because I keep saying camping car in French, and Lizzie keeps correcting car. Yeah, we didn't have buses at the time. And we got in the camping car, uh, camping van, camper van, and uh, he said, why does nobody crash? Because we were just all smashing each other Bouncing the off whole each time. Other, yeah. That was a total passage. 
brilliant. Yeah. I was also thinking of Rob Hales today yeah. in commentary when I think with four kilometres to go, Tomo was still off yeah. the front with eight seconds or something. And you said, he's a trackie. He'll be thinking, yeah. this is... Uh, 16 laps to go. This is 16 laps to go. And that's exactly what Rob Hales used to do in road races. He used to, he used to count down. He used to go, six Manchesters, five <laughs> Manchesters, four <laughs> Manchesters. <Yeah. laughs> that was his technique. Oh. Anyway, all came back to a bunch of sprints in the end. Yeah, and... F- and uh, Philipson knocked out of the park. Yeah. He knocked out of the park. He, he hit sprinted out. Sprinted twice. Yeah. Sprinted on the inside, up on the left. Lost all his, vel- che- his had velocity. To che- had to check it. Yeah. And then went again, and it was mm. pretty devastating. In the and end. he cried. Yeah, he did, yeah. Yeah. It was nice. It was good to see. I mean, the fastest man won, didn't yeah. he? Yeah. So, yeah. that's I what you want in the sprint. I think we all love winners crying, because it means something. We talked about it in an early, earlier podcast. And one of the first riders who came over the line to congratulate him was... Tade Pogaccia. Those two go back a long way. Mm. I was trying to find, there's a lovely picture that either, I can't remember whether it was Pogaccia or Philipson posted it a while ago, maybe four or five months ago, the two of them on a beach and they're, and they're wearing their swimming shorts mm. like that somewhere, I guess in Spain at a training or, camp or, or, or your village? They Maybe they might actually. Village? Yeah, I don't think he's a neighbour now. Oh, okay, no. well mm. s- they're somewhere in Europe, anyone on a beach, and they're both um, they're both just wearing swimming shorts with their silly cyclist tans yeah. in there. And for some reason, they're posing, looking at each other, and they're just pushing their bellies out <laughs> like that. These kind of like it's very funny. It's, it's very so funny nice this generation. They they genuinely seem to be friends across teams. So different. It's it so was different. interesting. We had um, a Netflix conversation, didn't we, yeah. earlier today? The Netflix came yeah. crew came over, oh, and that they were was kind interesting. Of yeah. Yeah, they were really interested about the different dynamics in cycling and it, it kind of dawned on us, yeah, there are so many and in what other sport do you have such real friends, you know, mm. in com- you know in different teams yeah. and um, even today, like in the breakaway, trying to explain that they were sharing ice, you know, they were sharing ice socks up at the front and mm. trying to explain to somebody who's not followed cycling, yeah, why which would is you what do that? Ba- Netflix yeah. is trying to do, basically. Yeah. Is why, why would you look yeah. after... There's one of the most famous photographs in the history of cycling is Fausto Coppi and Gino Bartoli sharing a bottle. Sharing a bottle. And they're on who's giving teams. the bottle to who? Bartoli's Gino giving it to Coppi. Gino Bartoli's, who's the oldest, giving it to Fausto Coppi. Yeah. Like they're sharing because they want to race. So stay yeah. fueled, look after each other, and we're going to do this because yeah. this is the game theory of cycling. You have to work together in order to race. Yeah. And yeah. that is why that's probably, I think, the most iconic photo in cycling is Gino Bartoli and Fausto Coppi and sharing you, a bottle. And if you want a fulsome philosophical discussion of that dilemma, you have to read La Société du Peloton by Guillaume, Guillaume Martin. Martin. Because it's mm. exactly that. Mm. Um, talking about that, that one of the, we're going to close this off. Mm-hmm. Um, but talking about a lot of Guillaume Martin's discussion in that book is about he 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 talks about the climate emergency in terms of we're a bit like the Peloton Society. I don't do this if, unless you do this, you know. So it leads to a collaborative move, and then we're all competing against one another. Um, we haven't discussed the climate protest on today's that was if we know it stage. was the climate protest. Uh, if we know, and we don't know actually, you know, perhaps yeah. it was. I suspect it was. Um, and the only reason we haven't discussed it on today's podcast is because we've already done it. We've discussed we've it. We've done it. And there's no difference. And so we discussed it in commentary at last. And we discussed it in commentary. Yeah. So if you're thinking, why haven't they talked about that? We've done that. We've got nothing more to add. Um, and we've discussed it fulsomely. Now, how's dinner going? Very well. I, I'm at the point where I'm about to chop the mushrooms. Yeah. Um, five minutes off, adding the parmesan. Um, <laughs> so, Ned, can you explain to me uh, what, what these herbs garni. I've bought are and... Yeah, Which, bu- shall I add them all, or is it? Different? What, um, I'm, I'm not. So I just bought these on the whim because I was. I did. So you I was under stress. Didn't know what to completely. buy. I was like, they look fresh. They, they might work. Com- completely. Again. You 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 under stress. You grabbed it. You know, it's not. Mm. It's not obvious for a risotto, but it's going to work. Do so it's, it a, it's a book. Is it rosemary. It's a book of gunny. It's 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 it's. it's Thyme, rosemary, and it's um, oh, wrapped in a bay leaf. It's wrapped in a bay leaf. One of my favourite herbs. I'd suggest what is missing and what you might have wanted is oregano. Or mm. marjoram, mm-hmm. but I don't know if that's in there. Uh, but th- yeah. these are normally used for soups and stews. I'll so what you're going to have to do is throw it in. It stays together Take and then out. fish it out and you yeah, don't serve it. You did 75% well there, Lizzie's Pete. wrinkling yeah, her nose. Like, that's not going to work, right? No, no, no. I'm just thinking whatever comes out of this kitchen is going to be far superior to what I've eaten this whole time. Bay leaves are my well, secret. Well, we discussed this. Vegetarian France. Bay leaves France. are my secret recipe to, um, and this might not be secret to anyone who knows about cooking, but to spaghetti bolognese. And that comes from my time spent in Wales growing up with Alison Rowe, who's Luke Rowe's mum, who I used to always go home to my mum 
because we had always share our summer holidays. Luke would come over to the Alamand for three weeks and I'd go to Wales for three weeks, Cardiff. And I'd come back and I'd say, well, can you cook a spaghetti bolognese just like Alison does? Oh, it's so I'd, annoying I'd, for a mum. So annoying for a mum. So then I, I went on and I said, Alison, what do you put in this? And she was like, bay leaves and this and that. And it's also the singing she used to do while she was cooking it. Brilliant. And she's an incredible woman, almost like a second mum to me. And I'd like to take the chance on this podcast to say, you know, how much I love her and Aww. their family. Is she listening? Because I, I don't know. But mm-hmm. I owe a massive part of my career to his family. And they know that and I know that. And But you never get a chance to say it. So that's with what? these bay leaves that I'm about to put in this risotto, Alison, <laughs> if you're listening, then that's where it comes Cheers from. Cheers to Alison. Yeah. Hello to Orla. Don't forget that. Yeah, I'll do yeah, that tomorrow. Do it tomorrow. I'm going to yeah. make sure yeah. Thank you, that's yeah. happening. All right. Uh, let's have dinner soon when it's ready. Is it ready soon, Pete? Soon. Okay. Bye. Bye. Bye.